Edinburgh in 1828. Burke made his money hawking secondhand clothes to paupers. Hare made his by renting his rooms out to lodgers. When one of his tenants was found dead, the pair decided to compensate for the lost wages from the dead lodger by selling his body to the anatomists at Edinburgh University's Surgeon's Square. The esteemed Dr. Robert Knox, father of modern anatomy, paid them seven pounds for the body. The two resurrectionists were told the surgeons would be glad to see them again when they had another to dispose of. Burke and Hare took Knox up on his offer. When a subsequent lodger showed symptoms of cholera, Hare and his wife agreed it would be unseemly to allow her to stay on the premises with other guests. He and Burke smothered the woman and brought her body to the Royal College of Surgeons. This time they were paid ten pounds, and Dr. Knox commended them on the freshness of the body. Their killing spree went on like this. Burke and Hare would murder unsuspecting lodgers and drifters in their sleep, sometimes sedating them with liquor first. Then they would bring them to Dr. Knox. Their bodies were used in anatomy lectures, where on more than one occasion, students' claims that they recognized the deceased were waved away. Eventually, another lodger found the undelivered body of Burke and Hare's final victim hidden in a haystack. Their business was traced back to the Royal College of Surgeons. Knox claimed innocence of the murders and was exonerated. Burke and Hare were tried and convicted for the killing of 17 people, the former receiving the death sentence, while the latter was merely jailed temporarily. In an ironic twist of fate, Burke's body was donated to the Royal College of Surgeons, supplying the institution one final time. He was dissected before a sold-out lecture. A letter was written in his blood, his skeleton put on display, and his skin was used to bind a book and a wallet. A media firestorm ensued. Newspapers ran with the salacious story of the two murderers supplying the vicious field of surgery. Copycats followed. The London Burkers were arrested in 1831 for a series of similar murders. Mysteriously, just a few years after the anatomy murders, two young boys discovered dolls depicting Burke and Hare's victims hidden in a park. Who made the dolls or why is still unknown. The public was terrified by these increased reports of grave robbery. Death rites were sacred for the Georgians, as evidenced by the highly specific mourning customs that evolved over the 19th century. To have your loved one's ceremonious wake and funeral capped off by a disgraceful dismemberment was the ultimate affront to class and society, not to mention just disrespectful and icky. Families feared that body snatchers were coming for their dear deceased and funneled even more money into funerary costs to protect against grave robbing. These measures included installing permanent mort safes, giant metal cages atop the graves. An example can still be seen at Greyfriar Cemetery in Edinburgh. In Scotland, two popular solutions arose. One was morthouses, circular buildings in graveyards where coffins would be stored until the bodies inside were too rotten to be of any use to anatomists and their hired snatchers. The second solution was to hire a watchman, either for one specific grave or the entire burial ground. The round, squat buildings constructed to protect the watchmen from the elements are still visible in some cemeteries. The Manor Cemetery at Boleskin House, for one, features a watchman's shelter, which is linked to the house cellar by a mysterious underground tunnel. A more unbelievable and sadly more difficult-to-find anti-grave-ropping mechanism was the cemetery gun. 
It was a spring-loaded revolver, trip-wired to shoot at anyone trespassing in a cemetery when they shouldn't be. An example of this rare cemetery gun is on display at the Museum of Mourning Art in Pennsylvania. Though the phenomenon of grave robbing is most often linked to the United Kingdom, it certainly occurred in the United States. Human remains believed to be stolen have been found in medical institutions from the Medical College of Georgia to Harvard University. While corpses stolen in the U.S. were more often snatched from black cemeteries and potter's fields, there was at least one occasion of body snatching at the cemetery of St. Mark's Church in the Bowery and another from New York's historic Trinity Churchyard. Both of these, unsurprisingly, caused a greater stir than the theft of any poor person of color's body. A crackdown on body snatching came in the wake of the Burke and Hare murders and London Burkers. British Parliament enacted the Anatomy Act of 1832, loosening restrictions around the procurement of bodies.